Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the truth and deception episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. What we're going to do right now is we're going to break down that episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan here with Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. What are your initial thoughts of the episode that we just recorded? That was a whopper of an episode. I'm going to be putting a lot of the notes that we discussed into a transcript for people to look at if they want. So I know not only is this high concept doctrine, but it's also a lot of the terms we're using may be unfamiliar with people. I would highly recommend you know, listening to some of our prior episodes. If this is your first episode, it'd be no wonder if you have some confusion. But I think going back to season three, there's a lot of a lot of things that we talked about in that season kind of help this get flushed out when you discuss the Gnostics episode, the mystery versus puzzle, and especially the doctrine episode. I think those would help us, you know, there, there's a, you know, we did, we've built, we've built a lot before getting to this point. So I think our, yeah. I think our regular listeners are going to be fine. Uh, but I think this could be hard for some people, which that's why we took so long really flushing this ultimate answer out. And then I would even recommend going back all the way back to the, the supplementary teaching on conjunctives oh yeah that's good yeah Mm -hmm. which is just like a few minutes on the malt podcast season one Mm -hmm. and yeah it was just a standalone few minutes explaining the conjunctives explaining what we mean by our ultimate answer so that's another way to look at truth is through this conjunctive lens every ultimate answer is a truth And we actually said that, again, in the Doctrine episode in season three, Hmm. every ultimate answer is a doctrine. Nice. Because what we're doing is we're taking one limitation and a freedom, fitting it together, and that's what every truth is. So that's my initial thoughts. I'm kind of all over the place because of how big this episode is, but those are... (laughs) So I'm thinking about conjunctives a lot, and I'm also just thinking about everything it took to build up to this point. Yeah, killer. Um, can you give us an overview of this of the strict side, uh, and then the loose side? Yeah, the strict side is the Bible is truth, or the written words of God are truth in and of themselves. That also would be in line with people saying that truth is reality, like we learned from Pastor Tater. Yep. Or that truth is facts. Just telling you the truth. Yes. Right? You you can't handle the truth. Right. Can't handle the facts, the reality. Right. While the loose or the freedom side is live your own truth. It's subjective. It's relative. It's what's true for you. And, and where that contradicts itself and where we really ended the episode was people 
believing that it's their truth. It, but we know all truth belongs to God. All truth is God's truth. So that's where that argument falls apart. And really the issue is it, it ends up on the freedom side, it ends up being based on a feeling. So how does, so what we talked about is this is the God's will season. So a, a couple, a couple questions to ask you is what if someone starts listening to season five right now, what would you say to someone who just jumps in and starts listening right now? I'd say, have you listened to the earlier seasons yet? And if they I'd said, no, know. I want to, if they said, no, I want to start, I want to start with this. I'd say, go ahead and give it a shot if you want. I think we're going to explain things at a level where I think you'd be able, you'd be able to understand what truth is just by listening to this episode. But I think the big part people are going to miss is all the questions people are going to have mm -hmm. have been answered in the previous seasons. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times that's where, you know, for example, when we did the, the God's nature mini series, we did the same thing. We did, we took six episodes to get to that ultimate answer of God's nature. And we would constantly remind people, if this is the first episode you're listening to about our explanation for God, especially when we get to the ultimate answer, when we, when we explain that God's nature is right and just, it's like, if you're going to come after us and start asking us about, well, what about the omnis? What about sovereignty? What about God is love? Go back and listen to those episodes. Yep. And what we do a lot of the times, especially through yours and my experience, Pastor Jonathan, mm -hmm. we're able to give people the benefit of closing these doors before they walk through them. Because you and I have had so much experience with talking about these topics with Christians and leaders and dealing with the opposition we've experienced in sharing this information, we've learned a lot of the major uh, questions people will ask as it relates to God and salvation and God's will and prayer and all these really big topics. We have a lot of experience talking about this. We have a lot of experience people disagreeing with us. So what we've tried to do to benefit the audience is to close those doors that they may walk through before they even open the door. We'll answer these questions that you have before you even ask them. Nice. That's the benefit of listening to seasons one through four before starting here. Now, if you just want to learn about truth and you're open to what we have to say, then go ahead and listen to it. But if you're going to start having questions about how does this fit with all of these other doctrine we've already covered, my first question is going to be, have you listened to those episodes first? Which is why we even started the whole episode in season five, episode one, with letting people know all the stuff we've covered already. Yeah, it's awesome. it is kind of a nice way of us saying now you may want to listen to those if you haven't yet. But if you just need help preaching about the topic of truth and deception and you need some references and you need to understand it at a high level and you don't have a lot of time and you're just open to, to learning something new based in, based in a conjunctive, based in objective reality, based in principles, then sure, go ahead and listen to it. Each one of these does stand on its own mm -hmm. as a topic, but 
we've done a lot of work to build to this in order to help people make sense of everything that needs to be made sense of before tackling these topics. Season five is going to be a lot of topics that are just really big, high concept topics that people aren't maybe even familiar with. And in a lot of the episodes are going to be those types of episodes where we're having to help people first understand how this topic has impacted your life, your entire life, whether you're aware of it or not. Mm-hmm. The topics of truth and deception have impacted everybody, whether they use those words or understand those concepts or not. So one of the benefits we're bringing people is just an awareness of all the different all the different topics and doctrine that are involved in us just trying to live our lives the way God wants us to. Killer. So uh, can you connect how truth it, how truth is connected to God's will? Because, you know, what we're saying is everything is connected and we can go back to God's will. Season five is God's will. So maybe this becomes a uh, Music of Life Church podcast game that we talk about, connect the doctrine, connecting truth. Why is truth a piece with God's will? Connect the doctrine. How does truth connect to God's will? Well, all truth is God's truth. That's one way to look at truth. But also another way to look at this is everything God does and says is based in truth as well. So God doesn't, God only does the truth. Yes. He only operates according to truth. So, right. Okay. Yeah. So everything God does is through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Therefore, if we want to understand the manner in which and the process of and the measures for God's will and how it happens, we have to know the tool he's using in order to accomplish it. And that is truth. And that's really, if you going back, I'm, I'm going to just kind of give a little spoiler here. Not too much. We've talked about speaking the truth in love in the past, especially in the church episodes, because that's what the church will do for eternity is speak the truth in love. Hmm. That's what we'll be doing for eternity as how we benefit one another for eternity is by speaking the truth in love. That's the eternal role we have. It's a conjunctive in and of itself. Hmm. Everything we do, the freedom is speak truth. The limitation is in love. Nice. That is a conjunctive. That's every human being's role in eternity, which will be operating in God's will at the time. Now for God's will to happen, it happens via god operating in truth that's how that's how he makes it happen now the interesting thing is we can void the word of god we can make it unprofitable man-made tradition has made the word of god of none effect so our will this shows you how powerful human beings wills can be And that we hinder God's will from happening, meaning we hinder truth. And that is evident in the Bible when it says 
like I just said, man-made traditions made the word of God of none effect. We have the power to hinder truth. Now, it will eventually, truth will prevail. But in the short term, do you ever hear a Christian ask, why is it taking so long for Jesus to come back? Why is it taking so long for us to have, you know, for believers to be in heaven? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Heard that all the time. Oh, yeah. We're why it's taking so long. Oh, yeah. The reason it's taking so long isn't because God's playing games. It's because he has to do things according to righteousness and justice. And we hinder him. We hinder his truth. What's he do? He's patient. He finds a different vessel for the truth to flow through. That's really to connect the doctrine. Yeah. Truth is how God operates. That's, that's the tool he uses in order to, in order to get things done. That's amazing. And it's if, and if we want to accomplish God's will, we need to operate according to the truth. Yes. So, so doing, doing the truth is how God's will happens and how things get done. Yes. Nice. I love that. Facts that create in the long term. Nice. He's saying and doing things that are factual with a right how and why or with a right reason, purpose, and with the right manner, with the right, the manner in which it happens. Nice. Or right how. Right. So an action or speaking, that's a what, that's an effect, that's doing right. something or saying something. Yes. So when God spoke, let there be light. The how and the why was, I mean, it just created. Yeah. The God's, fact that it created light proved that his how and why was right as well. It wasn't just what he said. Nice. Created light. It was also how and why he said it. Whew. In fact, I could argue it was more the how and why than the what. Yeah. The, the, the meaning of life, right? The meaning of life was behind the meat that was the meaning behind the let there be light right that was the the first thing he created and the the how and why behind it was for the benefit of everything else that will be created from this point forward yeah the meaning of life yeah okay remember how we talked about truth my truth my truth your truth depending yeah. on how it feels. I got a question for you, Pastor Joel. Okay. How does truth feel mm. to you? What's the word Pastor Jake used? Tweaky. Is that the word he used? That's the word he used. Tweaky. Clearly, that's not the word I would use or I would have remembered it quicker. <laughs> but, but it's very much, that's Pastor Jake's word. The reason I bring that up is because he did a whole sermon on this and I loved it. I would say the word pokey. That's kind of the word I would feel. Pokey. Okay. Truth is pokey. Meaning truth always confronts. Mm-hmm. The first feeling is always this. Oh, ooh, ah. But when I'm able to remain humble in the midst of 
that Polk, the end result is me learning something, having something revealed to me, something being created within me, something being fixed or repaired within me, Mm. some great benefit at the back end of that. So the initial feeling is tension. That's what it feels like. That's what's interesting about all of this is that, you know, living my truth, when I feel like someone says living my truth, I don't often feel like they associate it with discomfort. If it makes you happy. Oh, nice. It yeah. can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah, the Cheryl Crow song, right? Cheryl That's Crow. live your own. That to me symbolizes the live your own truth. It's do what makes you feel good. Yeah. That's living your own truth. And so much of the time, the truth that you and I believe or we're trying to adopt is the opposite of what we want to do. Like you said, confrontation. Yeah. The truth leads me to confront situations. Yeah. And, it, and I feel like it squeezes me and it makes Ooh, me, that's cool. Yeah. And it makes me nervous. Yeah. Where I'm like, Ooh, it's, it's, it's this feeling of being exposed. The truth oh, is yeah. light. You know, God is light and in him, there is no darkness. Well, guess what, what there is darkness in. Who's got two thumbs and has darkness in them? This, this guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yep. God's truth exposes the darkness oh, that's good. in us. And man, that does not initially feel good. It feels uncomfortable. No, it doesn't. But long term, that- and, and I think that's what we're trying to do in terms of what comes after salvation is how do I get that feeling? of that discomfort, that heart racing, that squeezing for me to turn that into, I feel safe Yeah. in that. I like that, that tension, that squeezing is a hug. Yeah. Cause we, we know truth is good. Yes. And we want to feel good. Yes. Yes. So if it doesn't feel good, it must not be true. Absolutely. That's how quickly we can we can think something that feels different and uncomfortable is wrong. Must I mean, not you, be truth. you. I mean, you and I have so much experience sitting in a room of people and them saying, "How dare you say that?" Or, "I am so offended by that." Yeah. Because of how it makes them feel, like right. how you know that they would say, "Joel, how can you talk to me that disrespectfully and wrongly when you are sharing the truth with them?" Right. So I have a good example of this, of feeling safe with that pokey, squeezing, tweaky feeling of truth. Oh, cool. My mom recently got a surgical consultation. She's getting her knees replaced. And she asked me to go to the the appointment with her. Shout out Mimi Julie. Yeah, shout out Mimi Julie. We know she's listening. Big fan. Yeah, she's a big fan. Big, huge fan. Yeah. Huge fan skips all those times that Pastor Jonathan's talking. 
Yeah, just write to write to <laughs> when when I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know she doesn't do that. I know you don't do that, Mimi Joe. Yeah. You love us. You love both of us. So it was great to be able to go with her. And I like talking to doctors because doctors tend to be, I'd be I mean, able to connect with doctors usually pretty quick because more often than not, they're teachers. They be teaching. Check out, check out the motivational spiritual gifts test. There you go. The episode we did there. Um, so we're usually, and Julie is also has the gift of teacher as well. Mm-hmm. We sat down with the doctor. He came in and it was a really quick consultation. Interesting thing. If you ever are through a process of needing a surgery and you're at the point where you have a surgical consultation with the surgeon, know this, the surgeon plans on doing the surgery. This is not a negotiation. This is him telling you, this is what we're going to do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you're sitting down with the person who could be making thousands of dollars for the hospital and he's sitting in an office with you instead of doing a surgery, they already have a surgery planned. Anyways, he just cuts right through the fat and says, this is going to be invasive. It's going to be painful and you aren't going to like me for probably a few weeks. I'm like, I'm going to be opening up. There's going to be a big scar. I'm going to be opening up your knee. And it's like, I'm a carpenter doing carpentry in there. And I remember thinking it was this really, really cool moment where I remember thinking, I feel really safe around this doctor. I felt safe because I knew This guy was doing the hard thing of being upfront, being open, being truthful with us. He was stating facts. Okay. With the right how and why. That doesn't feel good in the moment. It because we're both kind of cringing as he's showing us the model of what the knee's gonna look like, the metal and the plastic they're gonna have to put in her legs. But What I felt is everything he's saying right now is setting up my mom to know what it's, what her experience is going to be like after the surgery. It would have hurt her for him to just paint it as this isn't the big deal. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Imagine where she would be after the surgery when she's in agony. Right. I don't trust this doctor. He lied to me. Yeah. Where we both, I, I think we were both just amazed at how it's like, man, here's an example of somebody telling you a truth that is pokey. It squeezes you. It kind of tweaks you a little bit. Yep. But that if you look at it from the perspective of this guy is really giving us the information we need and really that Julie needs to be the most successful through this experience. I felt like this guy could keep talking. I feel like he is a safe guy to be around. And what we've learned is safe. Someone being safe is someone who can help you. We often attribute someone with who's safe as just someone who's nice. Right. Someone who's polite and right. Yeah. Makes you feel good. Makes you feel good. Great. Safety. Safety comes from a person who can protect you, who can help you nice and that's what 
really what we're trying to do with these podcast episodes and with our churches in particular, our mission being refuge, restoration, repair. We are refuge. We provide refuge because we can restore you and because we have the tools to repair you. That's why we're safe. Awesome. The churches that only provide refuge but can't help you end up not being safe. They end up hurting you in the long term. This doctor was safe and he proved it because he is going to help Julie in the long term. Yeah. And there was a process, right? That he was basically, he lined out the process of what was going to happen. Yep. All the way from, you know, from where she's at right now to being healed. To being healed. And then even what the, what it's probably going to look like for her, what she's going to have to go through before she'll have the strength to schedule her second knee replacement surgery. He walked her through that whole thing. And it was like, that. I like this guy. <laughs> nice. It was like, not, I mean, not that he wasn't a, a, a pleasure to talk to as well. It's not like he was mean. He wasn't. But in this situation, it was like, this is exactly what we needed, especially mm. Julie. This is what we needed to hear to set her up for success and to prepare her. I felt like sh- she was edified through this, through his words, the, the how and why behind it was edification. She was built up. So that would be, a, that, that was a cool real-time example just in the last week or so of, of experiencing somebody speaking truth, it hurting, but mm-hmm. also feeling safe. Yeah, short-term pain for long-term growth. Yes. Back to, back to profitability, right? right? Yep. Philosophy time. You know, when Pilate in the verse, and we talked about this in the What the Flock podcast, Pilate says, what is truth? Yeah. And then walks away. Do you, like, there is no any other gospel that references that story and says specifically how much time passed or if Jesus and Pilate had a stare down or if Jesus was about to answer the question, but then Pilate walked off. What do you think? Yeah, I I think we got the benefit of the interaction written down for us. I don't think anything more beneficial happened between Jesus and Pilate that we're missing. Okay. Because I think it's likely Pilate just walked off, probably assuming no one has an answer to this. Mm. But I I also yeah, just justify Jesus, right? Right. He he did the let let's put it this way. Jesus did the right thing in the interaction. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's why I'm arguing for like the I love if it. there was no, anything more start. beneficial, we would have had it. they would have given it to us, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus, and this is a frustrating point for a lot of a lot of Christians who don't understand the way Jesus communicated and, and what he was and how he was limited and how he communicated. Everything he said came from the father. Everything he said was truth. He never made a mistake. He walked a very fine line. I know we walk the narrow path. His narrow path was the most narrow of all. Oh, I love that. Love that. And that included, it would have been wrong for him to facilitate his own purpose and progress. 
So he couldn't, and this is why I've, I've cried this out before I learned this point myself, I've cried this out myself as an early Christian. I've heard other people frustrated at why isn't there any moment in any of the gospel where Jesus just proclaims himself as the Messiah. Yeah. Atheists will use that to prove Jesus isn't the son of God. Why couldn't he just say just plainly? Yep. Right. I am the son of God. I am the Messiah. He didn't. And it goes back again to really understanding what truth is, understanding what love is, understanding what it means to be a leader. All those things come into play. So I would say that was also like Jesus was walking a fine line of what he could say and how he could answer the questions Pilate was asking up to and including what were Pilate's intentions and even asking the question. Jesus has to account for that. If I answer this and it is going to hurt you, I can't, Jesus can't answer it then. Yeah. It was like the interaction with the Pharisees, right? Where he's sitting there going, you know, they're saying to him, what, where do you get your authority? And he goes, well, I'll answer your question. If you answer mine. Right. Right. Where did John get his? Right. Is the, is the baptism of John, I think the baptism of John or the endorsement of John is that of God or men. Right. So he's great. So he's, he's just, so limited. He has to be just, right? Yeah, he does. Limited to being completely right and just. Yes, in every and always and completely. So that's why it can be frustrating. Or I should say, he, yeah, he is. He 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 chose in every moment to be right and just, which makes it that knife's edge. Right. Of what you're talking about. It is a knife's edge. So yeah. that's why he didn't bear witness of himself. That's why he didn't. That's why he said, if I bear witness to myself, what my witness is not true. Because what if, if that doesn't make sense, that sounds self-contradictory right. because he is the truth. Right. But if he witnessed of himself, his witness would not be true. Well, we know it would be factual. If Jesus said, I am the son of God, it would be factual. So truth must be more than just the fact, right? That's good. Why would it not be true? Because it wouldn't have a right how and why. Mm. If he bore witness of himself, it would not be a right how and why. So what's the greatest witness we have of Christ is the father at his, you know, at his being baptized of the Holy Spirit. After the temptation, during the baptism, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The father bearing witness of him. John the Baptist bearing witness of him. Nice. Those are the moments. And that's the benefit we still get to provide today to people. We can bear witness of him. And that witness can be true. This is just so. So I think that's what's coming into play with his interaction with Pilate is. He's he's accounting for a lot of different variables that aren't just immediately obvious to us as we read that story. And that's one of those stories that's for, like, Jesus, why didn't you just answer the question? That would clear up so many things. But he's more worried about being right and just in every situation than he is making learning convenient for me. Right. And, and just immediately answering questions because right. people ask him of a question. Yeah. Right. That's incredible. All right. So as we kind of wrap up, can we look at the three categories of people in relation to self-esteem? 
Yes. The people we feel sorry for are people with low self-esteem. These are people who they don't know what truth is. They, and unfortunately they're, they, these are going to be people who are going to argue for just doing what the Bible says. That's the truth. The Bible is truth. These people be, you know, they'll be fine with that because a lot of times low self-esteem people are looking for an external source. They don't want to have to be responsible for what they're doing and what they're not doing. So it's easy to just easy answer relieves me of the tension of having to actually know truth myself. Mid self-esteem people are the ones we understand why they're, why they do what they do. These are, they're going to leave the church because they have enough confidence in who they are now to know. I don't care how you rationalize the wrong answers you're giving me just because you're a pastor and you're telling me it's truth doesn't make it truth. Mm. And if I keep getting abused, I'm out and high self-esteem people, a really, really easy one with this is seeing that the contrast, the contrast of, of truth. And these people admit when they're wrong and they've, they are pursuing where they're wrong. Nice. Why? Because being wrong is a source of growth being wrong doesn't diminish who I am. Nice. Yeah. My identity going back to God's nature is not being right. Right. That's God's nature. Yep. That's his responsibility to be right and just. Absolutely. We just listen to him, right? Yep. And finally, can you remind us once more, what is the ultimate answer? The ultimate answer. Truth is fact that create in the long term or facts or right what that create in the long term right how and why so truth is a right what with the right how and why so speaking of long term how how long term are we talking here do you mean like a length of time or do you mean that it's gonna are we gonna see it become profitable kind of as soon as it's said that becomes more and more like it increases over time like that i would say eternally good Mm. it's gonna long term meaning it will continue to be it will continue to be truth and it'll continue to create so it won't lose it's like essentially the profitability in it it doesn't lose its value it gains value right so for instance we like i said truth is made up of a conjunctive Mm-hmm. And so every ultimate answer we've given, we put in the form of a conjunctive. So we're essentially every episode sharing a truth. Well, let's use the smoking episode. Yeah. The freedom is smoke as much as you want. Sweet. Let's go. With the limitation of for someone else's benefit. You son of. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's. That's going to create in the long term. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to benefit another person. Amazing. And the more I would live that truth out, the more that person would benefit. So when does, so then, then the question would be, when does that long-term creation stop? It doesn't. It does. As long as you keep living that truth out, it's going to keep creating. As long as you keep smoking for the benefit of someone else, 
that for the benefit of someone else is what is going to propel this into a truth snowball that just continues to accumulate more and more profitability. <laughs> I can't wait for the episodes where someone goes, you know, the heresy of what the flock and music of life church podcast, and they start clipping words. Smoking is eternal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I did say those words at some point. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but it's a conjunctive. I love that. So if you use that conjunctive, we're always, it's always going to be more beneficial. There's more reward, more value gets created. So to measure something being long-term, it doesn't necessarily have to mean in five years. Right. It doesn't. You're saying like, not immediately. Right. It's just not necessarily immediately. It can right. seem like there's a loss immediately. Yes. But shortly after immediately, we're going to see a benefit in this. Right. So Jesus dies, right? Ouch. He's crucified. Yep. Three days of darkness. Ugh. Terrible. Ouch. He rises again. conquers death (laughs) (laughs) this is awesome yeah and he is conquered death and everyone has access to eternal life that we will live forever we're still benefiting from that resurrection today the only times i don't benefit from it are when i'm not embracing the truth of his resurrection come on So the only time I'm not benefiting from the truth of what's the right way to smoke or the ultimate answer for smoking is if I'm smoking for my own sake and not for the benefit of someone else. There you go. Do it for the benefit. Well, then I'm not going to be able to smoke as much as I want to. Yeah. Exactly. And it won't be truth. So smoke and just know it's not truth out of you then. Right. And then that eventually is going to. It's going to get worse. You're going to eventually get worse. It won't keep getting better. Right. Two paths, right? It's either the right. truth path or the destruction path. Right. There's only there's only two. Yep. And the all limitation and all the freedom are not the narrow path. It's not the truth. Right. The strict, the strict side, side is not side, truth. Yep. The loose side is not truth. Nice. Neither of them are truth. The doing truth God's, is the narrow path. That's right. And doing God's will is the truth. Yes. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church Podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.